The RPA Show, hosted by Rob House and Wilton Rogers. The show that brings you the latest insights on RPA, robotic process automation, and how it's impacting every industry, as well as interviews with companies that are currently winning big with this technology. You'll also hear from other industry leaders and experts who will be sharing some of their success secrets to help you become more productive and grow your business. This show is brought to you by Simply Automate, where we help you get more done in less time and more ease for your mind with strategic business automation. Learn more at www.simplyautomateinc.com. And please follow us on LinkedIn. If anything in this show resonates with you, please let us know by leaving a review. The RPA Show, where you just might learn something you didn't know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the RPA Show. We are back for another wonderful, fantastic, fantabulous, entertaining episode where you learn something that could maybe change your life and your business. And we always have the wonderful opportunity, my co-founder and my co-founder, my co-host, the, the founder of the organization, co-founder with me on this podcast and my co-host on podcast, the automation guy. We always have these fantastic guests, don't we, man? And it's like, yeah. we never know who's going to show up and we never All know right. who's going to get enlightened. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Lightened really, really easy, really fast. And, and why I know that is because um you know we've we we are we, we i guess we could say we're not stealing because he put it out there in his book which we'll talk about but we're using a lot of their method of what they're doing not only for us but for for our clients and boy has it changed the game for us in a very fast period of time and i don't think he really understands what you know the what they've done to us to be give us the intelligence to be able to understand it and to be able to execute it so this is going to be a fun one it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. Well, our, our guest today, Ian Barkin, he is an investor and advisor, entrepreneur, and teacher, okay, co-founder uh, of the Leading RPA Pure Play, author of LinkedIn Learning Course and the book Intelligent Automation, which I've read, Wilton's read. I recommend anyone who's anyone read. I heard it. You heard it. I'll say it again. Anyone who's anyone read it. The reason, because you're going to see how important it is to understand automation. If you're intelligent, you will. I just mean, I just play on words, I think, here. Ian, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It is it is a blast to be here. You guys are awesome. Your energy is infectious. And uh, it's it's going to be fun. I'm excited to share my experiences and and just and just shoot the shit with you and, yes. uh, and see where this goes. I love it. I love it. You know, and I, as I said earlier, you know, we, we have conversations all the time. And the whole point of this show. The whole point is to have intelligent conversations where people can actually get something from it and learn something. And my my friend, you wrote a nice book. Intelligent Automation is a fantastic book, but you're doing amazing work. So I want to kind of get into where, you know, first of all, like why are you starting this craziness? Like what got you on this path? Okay, why are you all. doing this? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? Don't you have any hobbies? Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. So um I'll go way back to sort of a, a beginning, um, if that helps, and then you can just 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 tell me to stop at a point where it gets too boring. Um, so I was in uh, I was in consulting, I was in outsourcing, and this was way back in the sort of the early 2010s. Uh, and outsourcing was about tapping into talented people 
uh, all over the world, taking advantage of the arbitrage play of using folks in Latin America and India and the Philippines, et cetera. Um, but I always, thankfully, had a pretty cool role that was focused on innovation. Um, and it was a real amorphous as to what you, what we meant by it. But I got to I got to say that I was doing it. Um, and in about 2012, I stumbled on robotic process automation, um, which at the time was was really the cutting edge innovation within within the, the services industry. Um, the narrative was all wrong. The 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 model was all wrong. We were trying to figure out like how many offshore agents could be replaced by robots that thankfully has worked its way through and we don't necessarily have those discussions anymore. Uh, but I was lucky enough to be somewhat early. Um, mm -hmm. There were others well before me, but I, 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 I showed up at a time, pure dumb luck, dumb luck, um, which is uh, if, if I can make one recommendation, it's to have dumb luck on your mm -hmm. side. Um, I like uh, that. Yeah. That and that wraps cool. it up. That's all we have to say. Thanks everyone for listening. Dumb luck. <laughs> Um, I'm allowed to close your show, right? Um, so, uh, Dumluck showed up at a time when everyone was starting to get really, or began to be excited about it. And I had the privilege of being part of the, the early, uh, group of folks educating and, and making noise about it. Mm. Uh, and, and I learned in so doing that I started a, a, as you mentioned, a company called Symphony Ventures, which was uh, not the first, but um, grew to be the largest RPA pure play um, in the world, world, world. And uh, um, you can fix the sound effects later. But uh, um, and uh, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. And the family that we brought together was amazing. Mm. Um, we learned a whole bunch by being in the trenches and picking up bumps, bruises, scars, and sort of course correcting as we went. Uh, and then I sold it in 2018, uh, served out uh, within the, the organization that I sold it to. I, I served as part of their C-suite. Um, and in the process, you know, spent even more time sharing my experiences. And so it it turns up in courses I taught that you mentioned. It turned up in a book that I I was lucky enough to co-author um, with two amazing individuals, Pascal Bournet and Johann Wurtz. There it is. Look at that. Nice bonus points for for props. And uh, um, and so they let me, uh, Pascal and Johann, let me sort of join them on that journey. And we put a book together that, uh, thankfully, a lot of people. Uh, have found to be useful, which is, which is humbling. So. so. Yeah. Which is, which is, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And um, because the book I came from, I've been in the industry in the RPA. Why I found it in 2017 and, and I was like thrown into it right, right when I heard about it, like, Oh, you guys can do all this, man. I'm in. Right. So that's yep. basically, and I got this role. Nope. I didn't realize at the time it was really only servicing, you know, the enterprise type clients. Right. And when I saw how it worked and I understood and I started and I was like just jumping on calls, like, can I get on the call with the developer? Can I just listen to see what you, and I was like, listen, I was like just asking questions. Like they probably thought I was the dumbest. I mean, they, this guy, who is this dumb guy? Right. But I was just like trying to understand it. And I was like, whoa, you guys can really do that. What you wait, you just did that, that, that. Well, that'll take away that if you did this. Right. And so when I start, I start learning it, I realized, okay, this has to go downstream. We got to figure out something. And the reason why I say that is because I've always tried to figure out because there was never anything there to really guide me to sort of say, OK, this is what you got to clean up in order to do this, in order to do that, even though I knew it. But I had no like no structure on how to get it done. Right. 
your book put a lot of that structure because I'm dyslexic. And for me to really understand, to comprehend things is different, right? Okay. And your book is, it, you're, when you read your book, it's like putting the pieces together. You can sort of see it and visualize like, dude, this is, as a business owner, as, yeah. a, as a real, you know, I call them stubborn business owner doesn't want to change anything, mm-hmm. right? Once they under, Once they read the book, they can understand how their stubbornness can really take advantage of automation. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you. I, I love that story. You just made my day. Um, but yeah, I, did, I, I actually was just on, I was at a, a conference earlier this week and, uh, and I was on stage sort of defending RPA because there's some discussion of whether it's antiquated or old or dead or anything else. Um, and I, I said in much less um, energized and much less poetic ways what you just said, which is um, its existence started to make people aware of opportunity, right? I, I saw it as a catalyst and a lens. And so as soon as that lens is, as soon as you know enough for the lens to go down over your eyes, you're looking at the world through this lens that makes you realize, man, if you can do this, like that is amazing. Like, can you really, does this really, and then you start to question how you do everything, right? Like, why do we do it this way? And is that the most efficient or is that just the way we either have always done it, which is um, sort of the classic change resistance line or... Um, the way that we were sort of forced into doing it just because of the systems we have in play or the legislation and the 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 sort of the bounds that we have to operate under. But but RPA was a catalyst for really cool change. And and you you felt the same energy I did when you when you learned about it. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so 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 you're now. Are you like on a, a, a teaching tour? Uh, <laughs> what, what am I doing now? This is great. This is gonna. This is about to turn into a therapy session. So this be very useful. Um, uh, what am I doing now? So I. So about a year and a half ago, I. I sort of. I guess I took a a sabbatical. I will call it. I, I left that large organization that I was working for. Mm-hmm. And um, and sort of went off to try to examine what it what what do I do now? What do I do when I grow up? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I had thanks thanks to the the good fortune of of the success of the prior thing, I was able to to look at and invest in and advise some startups. So so I'm I'm doing that. I'm there's all those phrases that make you sound like a cheese ball on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing those things. You're doing you're doing doing when you read them and you're like, Oh God, how many keynote speakers can there be? Um, but uh, so, yeah, so that's me now. Um, sorry. Uh, so, so I'm angel investing and I'm a father and I'm, uh, but, uh, uh, but I, a, go ahead. That's a good place to be. in. I mean, well, we know, I mean, I don't know if it's a secret, but you sold it for like 70, 70 million, didn't you? Something like yeah, that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 70 million. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so, so no, so it's, it's, it was, it was testament to the, the value that they saw in, in what this family I was so lucky to be part of had built. Uh, and it was also a testament to what the needs were in the market. And there, and by the way, those needs are still very much there more so I think than when we sold several years ago, um, enterprises suck at transformation and mm-hmm. they they also are pretty bad at um organically growing disruptive capability inside of themselves yeah. that's that's real hard mm-hmm. to do um and so i think there'll be a great deal of opportunity for for more such acquisitions to bring in change agents um it, the the success of that will be low because enterprises suck at accepting change <laughs> but uh 
Anywho, so so yeah, so but but the one consistent thing I always loved was I guess few consistent things um, I always loved. I loved educating, um, and and I loved just making noise. I suppose <laughs> I, I loved putting out content, and so my retirement hobby thus far has been to do more of that. I've, That's so I've, cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think it's phenomenal. I mean, you think about you know you got involved in RPA, had a wonderful opportunity of building this fantastic company, sell it, take some time off, and you come back and you start teaching, right? You start showing people the X's and O's, really, really, really opening the door for, I don't know the number of people, but droves, because if- I hope so. inspired us, I mean, well, you know, yeah. and so- and this That's thing awesome. continues, and I, I really, I really believe, honestly, that really is the mission of humanity: to figure out what's going to drive you, go all in it, make sure you take your breaks, make sure you teach. <laughs> I nailed it. I did it. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and I think, I think you really, you know, it's a perfect timing. I mean, for us, it's been perfect timing. And I'll tell you why: is because Rob and I talked about this a while back when I first started this journey. I met Rob about four years ago. And I was like. Dude, there's no one to talk to. Like, I don't think people understand what 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 this stuff is capable of doing. Like, no one. I could talk to anybody. They're like, okay, you're crazy. You can't. You know, just yeah. almost like, what are you talking about? You know, just so yeah. the the smaller circle of God, and you start re- reaching out to people, and people start talking about it, the ends and everybody else, and it's like, who is this person? Let me look him up. Let me do this. Let me follow him. Let me follow. Him. We have a book. Let me do it. You know, so you just sort of you sort of close that gap. Um, and, right. and really understand what the capabilities are. And when you do that, it doesn't. You don't have to be a, a technical person. I'm not. I mean, my our develop. We have 15 developers, and I don't. Have, I don't know how to do anything but turn on a computer. You know, they do everything right, yeah. but I understand exactly what they know, what they're capable of doing. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's very important. Um, I'm not a technical person either. Uh, but ultimately, it's it comes down to. And and by the way, I think. Um, too much of the potential has been um, constrained by by a focus on technology. Right? Any discussion about which tool is better than which other tool, and and you get into into the weeds there, um, you are setting off in the wrong direction to achieve the destination you you are really heading for. Um, the purpose here. And purpose is a word that people are using a lot more these days, so I will as well. But the purpose here is to actually create value and, and change. And the value is measured in X's. It's either your customer experience, so CX, or employee experience, not talked about enough, EX. And um, that's the purpose. The technology is just the plumbing. Um, mm-hmm. It's I don't mean to to diminish it. It's it's extremely valuable because if that plumbing didn't exist, then you can't you can't be designing blueprints and even discussing this architecture. Um, but you need your, your instinct to what, what your customers need, um, what their customers need from them um, is, is what we focused on a lot and, and will serve you very well. Hopefully it's serving you well so far and, and will continue to serve you well. So. Mm, that's good. We we know we know how important um, RPA is having a digital employee, but we also know how scary it can be when you have no idea what that is, right? Yeah. How do you go to take the fear away from people about this scary three? Yeah, it, it's funny. I just did a 
bit of a video where I conclude with something like that. The and I actually nah. so I was about to refer to a few things. I talk about this a lot. Uh, I just talk about this a lot. But uh, but in the early days, and I mentioned the sort of the ratios that we used to use. The ratios used to just be how many robots uh, or how many humans worth of work can a robot do. And so inherent in that statement, you were talking about replacement and removal, right? If I can do four humans worth of work with one robot, I will hire that one robot and show those four humans the door. And uh, and yet that that never came to pass. That is not what has resulted in the last 10 years of adopting digital labor. Um, but where I think we drop the ball is... Um, we don't put in plans for what to do with the labor that we are um, enabling, that we are liberating, that we are augmenting. Um, so we do a piss poor job of understanding people's basic skill sets, their skill adjacencies, their capabilities, their hopes and dreams, and actually what the damn company needs right Our customers are still unhappy even though our backend processes are more efficient because of robots. Well, then put your people on that task because that's what they're really good at. And they already know your customers. They know your strategy. They know where the pains are because they were in the weeds of them their entire you know, time with you. Um, so that's where we really need to work. Uh, yeah. But uh, the reason I bring that up to, to, to go back to your point, um, Rob, is that people, um, people were afraid of robot apocalypse, job destruction. Um, it's all journalists would ask me about. And it has not come to pass. And I'm pretty confident I can make this statement. It, it will not come to pass. There will always be enough jobs for people. We are in a scenario right now where we cannot find enough people for the jobs. There are not enough people for the jobs. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. And so um, start with that and figure out how digital labor can augment and enable you to, to succeed and compete and transform. Yeah, that's great. It, it, we had um, I have I'll share this with you. We we had a um, a client said the same things like I'm going to replace these, you know, want to replace them, mm -hmm. and we just say, you know, in just in conversation, there's so many things that they, they can do for the company because they're they know their history of the they know the history of the company. Yeah, and he said he said before they start automating, he already had positions for them because he started realizing like, okay. I, because I never put them in that. I never thought about that position because I was too busy with them doing this process that they're, you're automating. Yeah. But now that you're automating it, I'm like, they can do this. He goes, but I didn't see how, how simple it was to be able to show them that. And he goes, and not only that, that they were, they're happier. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. uh, you know, that you're right. And how do you, I mean, we have a lot of the smaller the company, the more the fear. Mm -hmm. That's what I say. I mean, for me, it feels like because they they struggle with it, you know everything that comes in is already accounted for. How am I going to bring something else in? And how to take over? Right. Right. Do you think yeah. it's already headed there, or do you think there's a way that that can be sort of explained to for people to be able to take that risk? Um, I mean, I, I think so benchmarks are useful just seeing what their peers have done or or they won't do i i do think that the failure is is uh, in how we how we're introducing the concept to enterprises and how we design the solutions and sort of roadmaps because if you stop at just 
an opportunity assessment of the tasks being performed, the systems on which they're being performed, the digitized input, the, you know, the decision trees, the exceptions, the outputs and how to measure them. If that's where you stop, you're just, you're engineering for robots. You're just having a discussion about them. Um, if you build into that solution discussion with any enterprise, um, what it is they're actually trying to do at the end of the day, um, it's so much bigger, so much bigger than just pay bills or move, you know, assets from raw material to, to final uh, product or, you know, hire people on board them. It's bigger than that. Um, and so if you can, and it, but unfortunately, that's, it feels softy. Right. It feels like fluffy stuff. And so that's where like design thinking comes into play, where if you can start to to, to address that bigger thing, uh, then you bring in their HR and talent development and learning um, teams. And you start to to ask them, you know, if you had an extra hour in the day, what would you do with it? Because this gives you that extra hour Good uh, and, and many more. So, right, because I, I would years ago, I used to say, if you ever asked a team, like, what would you do if I gave you an extra hour? I, I would bet a lot of money on the fact that no team ever would say nothing. We don't need that extra hour. Thanks. You can keep it. Nice. No yeah. one will ever say that. They'd be like, yeah. Oh shit. Thank God. If we had an extra hour, we could finally respond to all those client requests or we could finally start to look at redesigning or something. There's always going to be something they could do in an extra hour. You're giving it to them. So um, don't leave that out of the solution design. Now, that might not help you sell your services um, quickly to an enterprise, but you certainly should, um, you know, uh, uh, introduce the concept to them uh, because otherwise you really are having a how many humans can be replaced by robot discussion. And that inherently will create fear, unfounded fear, but they don't know that. Right. So it, will freak, right. it will freak them out. Makes sense. Mm. I like that. I need, I need to do a video about that. It was 4.2 was the answer. 4.2. It was always that. I mean, it was like the super, really simple answer, but like eight hours a day, there are three eights and one full day. So that's a robot could do three humans worth of work in 24 hours. And then there's Saturday and Sunday. So that's mm. actually an additional 1.2. So there's 4.2 humans worth of one robot's work. Um, and never mind the fact that a human doesn't work every single second of an right. eight-hour day. Um, so then we're like, so it could be as high as 10, even 20. And we're just like, think of all the people you can get rid of. And I've never seen that happen. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's incredible. You that know, we're in, a, in a fascinating time right now. I'm glad you cleared, cleared that up about jobs, too, in, in regards to, you know, because I know people that even think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and there will be no jobs and all the robots are going to take them. I was like, it's, it's not. It, it's, I don't disagree. That It's still kind of going to hell in the handbasket, but I don't think the robots have anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the separate issues, folks. Totally. Totally. That's a different, that's a, that's a different show altogether. So. <laughs> but, we, but I saw a stat, I saw a stat recently, something like um, all the kids in kindergarten now, Two thirds of them will have jobs that don't exist right now. Yeah, I love that sort of huh. fantasy. Well, I mean, I, it, and it's you know those are the sorts of things that you want to be that analyst that wrote that because just like how do you how do you size yeah. a market predicated on things that don't yet exist? Yeah, um, but. I mean, if you look back at sort of recent history, these are the cheesy examples everyone cites, but you know there weren't a lot of web developers in 1950. 
right? There, there are more web developers now. There were not a lot of, of you know, uh, autonomous vehicle um, engineers in mm-hmm. 1970, and now there yeah. are more of them. So, yeah. so yeah, industries evolve, and so there are new jobs that that will exist and and will continue to. Most mm-hmm. of them will be predicated on data and analytics, um, and and doing things that um, are created by the augmentation provided by these these algorithms and software that's that's just proliferating in everything we do. Mm. That's so good, man. That's so good. You, you're teaching a lot. People can learn from you too right now on LinkedIn. What are you doing there with that? Yeah, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Um, so <laughs> I, um, I gave up dreams of being a TikTok dance star years oh, ago. Um, yeah, it was... <laughs> I mean, Charlie D'Amelio and I, we were like right there neck and neck. And then she just took off. And I just realized there's not enough room on this platform for both of us. So, uh, so then I pivoted. And uh, um, now for, for those who don't know who Charlie D'Amelio is, she's the largest star on TikTok and she does dances. Um, but uh, if, if you don't know, then you don't have daughters. Um, but um TikTok is the or sorry TikTok LinkedIn LinkedIn is what I meant to say is is the channel of most relevance. Although TikTok does have a lot of B two B sort of work education content on it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I've always been fascinated by LinkedIn. I've learned a ton from it. Like it it's it's weird to thank a a, a social media platform, <laughs> but um, but it's how I, I stayed in touch with a lot of other influencers. It's how mm. I kept on top of the news and the goings on within my industry. Mm. Um, and then just pure dumb luck again, back to dumb luck. Thank you. Dumb luck. Um, I bumped into a content producer for LinkedIn learning while I was at a, a conference one time at, at a, at an outsourcing conference, um, where all the cool kids hang out. And, uh, and I showed her that I was already creating content on on social media for the promotion of my startup. And next thing I knew, I was I was teaching one course, and now I've got um, five. I'm I'm finishing scripting a sixth right now. I've um, got a few others sort of in very early brainstorm phase, um, and I loved that just because you really did get to share your experience and, mm-hmm. and prove to be hopefully useful to people who um, were following in your footsteps. Um, so yeah. that was fun. Um, and then, then there's a lot of stories to be told with short form video. Uh, and yeah. so I'm, I'm using LinkedIn as the, as the channel to do that. I, I also have a YouTube channel. Yeah, um, I saw, I saw your YouTube channel yeah. yesterday. I saw yeah. it. It's yeah. great. My, my mom and my dad subscribe and that's about <laughs> it. But, uh, but that's where, that's where I host some other stuff. Um, but uh you know, it's a hobby. It's just yeah. to, just playing with different ways to to say the same things. That's good. I like that. I well, like it's really, that. It's really good that you're touching all those platforms because your your uh, your uh, knowledge of this in, of special automation world, business world, and what's capable of doing mm-hmm. um, the connections, the, the connect the dot person. Uh, you made it very easy. So being on those platforms, I think, is important. And, and you being able to going back to selling your business and doing what you're doing now is help have an opportunity to help the people like us grow into a monster that the company we want to grow into. Right. Well, and and 
you're doing the right thing with with your show and the number of people you've spoken to. It's brand is so incredibly relevant that you know I, I'm not. No one does anything for for completely selfless reasons. I mean, it's it's you're you're doing it because you enjoy it. This is a hell of a lot of fun. I love doing these sorts of discussions. But you're building your brand. You're making more people aware that you exist. And and as you continue to put content out, they build a sense of comfort and familiarity with you. That really really helps. Um, I am I'm a thousand and ten percent convinced that I'm bad at math. Um, a thousand and ten percent convinced that. Um, that it makes all the difference. Um, yeah. And so as you put more. yourself out there and you share yeah. your stuff, I was in, I, I'll tell you this story and then I'll shut up because I'm sure you've got other questions, but um, I was in Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, sort of in the middle of, of our run at Symphony, um, meeting with a multi-billion dollar company that we were prospecting, we were trying to sell to. And I start, I start the discussion with them and I say, um, how much do you want to hear about Symphony? Because right? I, I kind of wanted to get on to talking about like, what can we do for you? What are your challenges? What are, what are the opportunities? How might we work together? So I started by saying like, how much, how much do you want to know about Symphony? To which this individual said, uh, it's fine. I've seen all your videos. And my head exploded um, because this is a guy in Brazil, but it also saved me from doing those five really annoying slides at the beginning of every deck mm -hmm. that say like, we exist and we matter because, and you should be listening to me because, and these are the things I've done and look at how big I am. And those slides just set up an entirely wrong dynamic to then have the next stage of the discussion of just oh, like, cool. so how can I help you? So I didn't have to do that. It's brilliant. Um, skip that part. Um, so yeah, the, the, now most people don't have the guts to do what you do, which is get out there and, and, you know, go off script and just talk and build brands. So you, you will be, you will be, uh, masters of your own destiny and, and Kings of the industry. If you, if you, if you do this, exactly this, keep it up. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's great confirmation. It is. It really is. I mean, it, it, in the, we, we, uh, we enjoy it. Like you said, we don't, we've been doing it for a long time. We didn't do it. We didn't yeah. do it for the money. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, that's it. You know. that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, the, the byproducts are, are what will benefit. But if you, if you are energized right. by it, even if it makes you tired, if it energizes you, which clearly you guys are great at this, then, um, then keep going. I mean, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's a highlight of your day and it's a highlight of your, broader brand and, and, and lead gen and funnel and, and prospect development activities. So mm -hmm. well, it, it's easy yep. to continue going on when you can read something like this. So yep. speaking of this, yeah. where, can, where should I pick it up? I know I got mine. I think I don't, and my wife got it for me, but I think she got it on Amazon, right? Something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah. Just check out Amazon. Um, yeah. It's it's on all of your local amazon.com websites. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and type the word in, type the word into Google and see what pops up. Yeah, put Ian's name behind that and watch what comes up. Then we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put in all these different show notes that we have. It'll all be there. Um, you know. um, sadly, none of the dances on TikTok come up. Those just, yeah, <laughs> the algorithm doesn't like those. Um, <laughs> Ian, uh, tell me your give us. We're coming in for our landing now. It's one of my favorite questions. What is your best piece of business advice you would give someone? I've already covered the dumb luck thing a few times. Um, yeah, so yeah. that uh, best piece of business advice, geez. Um, 
Hmm. So maybe two, maybe three. Uh, so one, I do, I do adamantly and passionately believe that the best thing you can do for yourself um, is invest in in the development of your own storytelling capabilities and your own brand. Right. Um, so it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If um, if you just document and learn as you go and create content, people will find you, and it'll it'll greatly increase the likelihood that luck happens. And I love the phrase. I love the phrase. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, I think that's that has served me well uh, mm-hmm. my entire career. Um, so there is that. Um, the other is if you if you do want to start something, I guess in any walk of life, but um, do it with people you really enjoy and to challenge you and um aren't necessarily exactly like you um because because there's a lot of value in in diversity and diverse opinions um but you spend most of your time working um and i i have no hobbies so i don't i don't so it's not like golf is the thing i spend most of my time doing um so so work with the people that that energize you um because that's that's really what it's all about so so true so true although i mean it's it's you hit the mark and we've we learned from experience <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but yet, you know when uh when you enjoy who you work with and you know that that uh you know you you don't have to look over your shoulder to worry about or get lose sleep at night wondering what what's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah it's a good, good feeling yeah. actually uh I don't know if this is great advice, but it's helped me work someplace terrible too, just because then you realize how good the other places are. Because because I've worked I've worked at some places that uh that I did not enjoy as much, and yeah, it puts right. everything in everything in perspective. I was gonna say that's great for perspective there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how you seek that out necessarily, and that's I'm not suggesting you like seek out like a really bad job, but yeah. Um, interestingly, so there was some research that that I just covered with uh, an analyst I was on stage with just earlier this week. A lot of people are really unhappy with their jobs. There's a lot of just disappointment and frustration and general unhappiness with um, the the place people find themselves. And and I don't think it's money. All right, I, I think it's people really do want. Um, some of it's about hybrid flexibility, working from home or having some sort of say over your own um, circumstance. But um, a lot of it, I think, I hope comes to just being challenged and having a view to what your sort of potential trajectory could be. Um, I I don't think we, big enterprises don't invest enough in, in that, in understanding and really being the, um, the, the coach and the advocate for the people and their teams. Uh, and and therefore, there's very little loyalty right now in in the in the uh, sort of the world of work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the three of us solve that. Talk to you every day, man. We'll speak, we'll I speak know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm. I'll I'll send you my Calendly. We'll just we'll book we'll book an hour every day. We'll do this. Hell, the, the amount you've promoted my book already, I just hell. Just, yeah, we're gonna continue doing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, any any last word, anything that else you want to end with, uh, anything you want to share with before we go, anything that you're doing that people need to be aware of? Uh, let's see. I'll start with the last one. So so do please check me out on LinkedIn, which sounds real self-serving, but um, I really am. I mean, I'm, I'm energized by people seeing value in me sharing my prior experiences and stories and and hopefully it's useful to other people. So check me out on LinkedIn. Um 
and uh, and also get in touch with me because I, I very much want to hear people's stories. Uh, that's actually a direction I'm starting to to focus on um, now is is hearing people. And I mean, Wilton, your story. That's the sort of story I want to. I want to learn more about and champion because that's what's so energizing to me is seeing how people are truly doing interesting uh, and energizing things um, with their careers and in this future of work. So, uh, so that that's where you can check me out. And other final words is uh, just stay curious and, and keep learning. Um, Somebody made an incredible comment that I will, I will destroy in my summary of it. But just two days ago, someone on set on stage um, that the future of work is, is, uh, the future of work favors the learner, not the knower. Mm. And it's, it's not that I know a thing. It's that I'm passionate about learning new things and that, and that's a different mindset, right? And that's sort of like the, 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 the grumpy, like, that's not how you do it, uh, versus the sort of the always open, huh? Oh, let me, let me figure that out. So future yeah. of work favors the learner. So be a learner. Open to everything. Attached That's to that. Right. Yeah. And I like for that. those who are listening, if you are own a business, you run a business, you're part of a business, you're you you part of a you you work. <laughs> you work. Oh yeah. Follow, follow Ian. Go go to LinkedIn. We'll, we're gonna blast this out because something will click when you're just listening to his content something's going to click for you to get a moment to of clarity where you're going to be able to say okay i need to take a deeper dive into how i can improve what i'm doing it's somewhere it's going to happen so you got to follow him so we'll put all that link that links up there for sure thank you and look ladies and gentlemen the, the first move doesn't cost anything all you have to pay is attention that's it, that's it. nice nice right. that's like that's like home shopping network like you, that was great <laughs> first one is free pay attention i like that i've got to use that rob that's brilliant i love it um love and, it. Love it. and and wilton by the way that that's yeah. sort of starting your own thing or working in your business it is the hardest work you will ever love um but it yeah. is not oh. easy it's not easy that's a great way of putting it that's the hardest work you ever love <laughs> we're just we're just one linering back and forth at this point know, we're gonna right? see how long we can go that's <laughs> it. a lot of posts coming up yeah <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. The RPA Show, where you just might learn something you didn't know. Until next time.